thank you thank you very much thank you well good good morning everyone good morning it feels like afternoon but the day is bright and we thank god it's a great day um please let us know if the sound and everything is fine for you i believe so if it's not we'll work on that from here and um, i'm excited excited to be here excited to be part of what god is doing with um with with a luther and through rev and uh, Ravonu and the team um i'm so excited to be a part of the family and um, we thank god for content this week i was with you guys briefly yesterday and it was powerful the worship the intercession the word we thank god for the salvations that came as well and so we're going to go from one level of glory to another level of glory i'm going to actually keep my phone close so i can follow you guys as well because we were doing this together this is a study session and i want to make sure that we are engaging and we're connecting it's been an overload of live streaming as you can imagine for uh for church so okay thank you very much i could see that an overload of live streaming for church I feel like every week we're either recording or live streaming so um, we thank God for the opportunity. We're not complaining. Amen. We thank God for the opportunity to do that. Okay. And um, just to say that um, Rev. One is someone that um, we deeply value and appreciate. She's my sister and um, she's doing amazing, amazing things. She's got a huge heart. She's got a big heart for God. And, um, you know, the, the, the word of God is in her mouth. Um, the double-edged word of God is in her mouth. And we're so grateful for what she is, she is building. Also, I want to thank um, our media team. Please say thank you to, to our media team. These guys literally, you know, every other week, every other day, week, no? <laughs> every other day, they're here because we're doing one thing or the other. Please thank them. They're, they're here this, this morning. And that's Tolu and Kerry. Of course, we, we have Johnson who is not here, but I like to acknowledge everyone. So, okay. Yeah, so I know you guys had Bible study this, this, uh, this morning, um, and we are going to look at how to study. I know, I know we have it titled as How to Study the Bible, but I would, I would move that on um, um, in that same light and say how to study and engage the Word how to study and engage the word so let's pray father thank you for this time holy spirit thank you because you open our eyes you open our understanding you're so faithful to do it over and over and over again and so we just rest in your faithfulness right now and we pray that um this dimension of revelation and insight that you want to pour will open up to everybody and that will all be caught up but not just caught up but established in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Okay, so how to study and engage the Word of God or how to study the, the Bible. I'm going to be reading very soon from John, John chapter 1. I suppose the heart behind what I want to, the tools I want to share with you today is to empower you to have a relationship with God. Because sometimes study is not the issue, pursuit is the issue. So if you're taking notes, I want you to I want you to write down study is not the issue, pursuit is the issue. Study is not the issue, pursuit is the issue. So as a result of that, I want you to the tools I want you to gain are tools that would cause you to be able to um, to know Christ 
intimately. One of the reasons why I definitely think that study is not the issue and pursuit is the issue is uh, one, of the, one of the things that makes me say that is that there are people who are brilliant at the academics of the Bible, but they are not brilliant at the revelation or the encounters of the scripture. They are brilliant at the academics. They are theologians. There are those that study the Bible as a matter of um, principles of, of life. But we know that life is more than just principles. Life is a person. Okay, so because of that, there are some things I want to do. So we could get into one or two technicalities, but my ultimate desire is that staring that would allow you to um, engage with Christ because we're encountering him to advance john chapter one and i'll read from verses one to five john chapter one from verses one to five also i want to acknowledge um Revuano's mom it's so good to see you mom god bless you ma honestly you're such a, a blessing thank you for for raising um my my bro and my sis in a powerful way so blessed so blessed john chapter one from verses one to to five Okay, the word says, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was, without him, nothing was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then let's go to verse 14 of the same scripture. We'll go to verse 14 of the same scripture. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Bible says that, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen His glory, uh, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible says the Word became flesh. The Word, we're talking about encountering to advance in general. So as much as this is a training session on the Bible, um, I want us to keep that in mind. The Word became flesh. And if we look at verse 16 of the same scripture, verse 16 of the same scripture, it says that for, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. It says for the law, this is important, verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God. Now, this gets me. It says, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Another, another version says, no one has seen God at any time. It is, it, is, uh, it is the Son who was in the bosom of the Father who has made him known. The concern of studying the Bible is the subject of the Christ. If there is anything that I want you to understand before I teach you tools and technicalities and all of that stuff, the concern, the focus of studying the Bible, the main 
uh, there are main themes in scripture right the main themes of the scripture is the christ and his kingdom that is the main theme of the scripture the main theme of the scripture is the christ and his kingdom so that is the concern of it and that's why i started you off in that so i i say this that we study um we we read the bible okay to study christ okay we read the bible to study christ we read the bible you can say we study the scriptures but but to help you better understand it is that we read the bible so that we can study um christ and who he is there are three um three levels to god's word three levels to god's word now the first one is my wife does a better job of pronunciation by virtue of the fact that of course she she lived in greece okay so the first one is graphe or graphe it looks like graphe i will stick to the one i know then she can interpret the tongues later okay the first one is graphe okay that's that is graphe then that's g-r-a-p-h-e the notes um, and the slides are available basically i've made them available to us so um uh, of course beyond this session you can always ask for it basically so but it's graphe so that's g-r-a-p-h-e okay and i'll explain what that means and then the second level to god's word and this is not the same one is you know i'm just putting this out there okay the second level to god's word is logos is the word logos is the word logos okay and that's logos is spelled l-o-g-o-s logos okay and then the third one is rima okay it is rima we pronounce it rema but it is rima okay so those three levels of god's word now to make it simple for you graphe literally means text okay graphe means text it means scripture okay that is the text that we read for example i would love to show you my example of my my dates uh, bible but of course um you know it's 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 the, the evidence is there that you've you know the evidence of reading the bible is when it's kind of you know rough and so i can't do that for the presentation okay but graphe is the text of the word basically it's the letter of the word it is the scriptures okay search the scriptures for in them you find life okay search the scriptures search the scriptures rather okay basically all right so that is that is one then logos logos is what i'm going to explain to you extensively logos is the word that john uses in in john chapter one to describe the personality of the christ we're going to go into logos okay logos defines the personality at the very basic level logos could mean a word it could mean a sentence but it means more than that okay it could mean word or um and it could mean more than that we're going to go into that because that's really one of my main focus and then obviously rema then deals with utterance okay okay rema deals with utterance that deals with utterance something that's uttered all right so i want to focus on logos because i think that that is um very 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 vital uh for us to to understand now logos in classic greek means both word and reason right it means both word 
and reason. John does this very interesting thing in John chapter 1, and he describes Jesus as Logos. When he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, you could literally substitute that in the original language and say, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Now, this is, this is a little bit uh, uh, blind to us in the sense that how can I say in, 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 in layman's terms? And one of the ways, one of the things I would say, oh, thank you very much. One of the things I would say is that, you know, when you're studying the scriptures, don't be afraid to ask um, logical questions, okay? The Holy Spirit doesn't mute your ability to question for the purpose of understanding. There is a difference between me questioning or me asking questions so that I can come to understanding and me asking questions because I don't trust God. There's a difference. So whenever I see, uh, uh, whenever I see something that's blind to me, I don't need to pretend like I get exactly what he's saying. This is a little bit blind to us. In the beginning was the Logos and the Logos was with God. And the Logos was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the reason, and the reason was with God, and the reason was God. Now, this is, this is interesting. I get all of the fact that it says it was in the beginning with God. I get that. I understand that all things were made by Him. I get who Christ is, but how does this work? Well, let's try to understand some of the, um, some of the things that... Um, that John was dealing with here. Now, to the Greek philosophers, Logos had a more special meaning than just word, ordinarily. Now, we're dealing with three levels of God's word, and I'm focusing here on Logos, right? Logos has a more special meaning than just word. The context in which John wrote this scripture was this. Basically, there was this, this question um, uh, uh, that had to do with the unity of things and the diversity of things. What do I mean by that? The, the question for a lot of philosophers in those days was, how do we make sense out of the so many elements of life? Okay, is it, is it, is it are all things united? Are they diverse? Is there a correlation between every event, creation, um, the, the, the universe, and all of these things, events, occurrences, and things, things of that nature. So the, the question here was, nature is so diverse. So is it a chaos? Okay, is it a chaos? Is it a random set of activities going on? Is, is, are things connected? Are things related? Okay, so they had this question that is the earth, is there rhythm to the world? Is there rhythm to uh, humanity? Is there rhythm, does everything connect? Is there a story behind it? And for a while, they sustained the idea that it was a chaos, but then eventually came to the conclusion that, well, everything was not a chaos, uh, or was not chaotic, or, not, or was not just this random set of activities going on, but that it was actually... Um, uh, related and connected, and they called that a cosmos, okay? So the question was, the 
world, the elements of life, cosmos or chaos. Cosmos meaning uh, a, a, a harmonious arrangement of things. Okay, uh, cosmos is also the, wor the word that we would use to describe um, the, 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 the world, the universe, and, and the, the arrangement of things, the order of things. So the issue here was cosmos versus chaos. Cosmos representing the fact that the elements of life were related, okay, and chaos representing the fact that they were not related, that they were a random set of activities. But now they, they, they established, philosophers established that um, the universe was seen as was now seen as a well-ordered whole. Everything was connected. Well, then the next thing was then, okay, if everything is connected, if everything is not a random set of activities, if everything makes sense, if everything relates, if everything is a cosmos, if the universe is a cosmos, then there must be something responsible for the unity and the diversity of things. There must be a, 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 a reason behind it. And so they attributed um, Logos to be the superior power in the universe that ordered and regulated all things in the universe. So the reason in their viewpoint why everything made sense, the reason why everything was connected, the reason why everything worked together, the reason why everything had rhythm in the midst of all these diverse things happening and all of them coming together, the reason for them was Logos. And they saw Logos as an impersonal force or power. In other words, they called whatever kept the universe ticking and whatever caused the universe to run in, a, uh, a, 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 in some form of synergy, they attributed that to some impersonal force. So this is, the, this is the spirit in which John is now introducing John chapter 1. And John is saying, yes, there is a Logos, but this Logos is not a force, but is a person. Okay, I want to make sure that we are together. Are we, are we, are we together? Are we following? Okay, so this Logos is not a force. This Logos is a person. And this Logos is the person of Christ. So John begins to give personality to the Logos that these guys had started to attribute uh, 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 the characteristic of a force to. And he said, in the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God. And the Logos was God. And the Logos was God. Okay, um, 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 uh, um, I, I did some study on this a while back, and uh, a, 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 a guy named um, Gordon H. Clark, he translated this in this way. He said, in the beginning was logic, <laughs> and logic was with God, and logic was God, and in logic was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, the simple way to put it there is that Jesus is the living logic of God. Is not logic, logic is not just a force. Or, to help you put it this way, right? Um, um, someone said he makes spirit. I like that. Okay. Jesus is the wisdom of God personified. 
right? He's the wisdom of God person personified. So in other words, the word of God, the logos of God is the logic, the living logic of God. All of the, all subjects consist in Christ, right? Also, I can give you three techniques of Bible interpretation, but the, the problem that I find, I'll take a social media break. The problem that I find <laughs> with, with social media these days is, is, um, is, is Twitter theologians, <laughs> right? Twitter theologians. And, and I think that there is, and, and we did, to be honest, I, I, I don't know, but maybe, you know, I, I can say definitely when I was younger, you know, some of us did that where revelation was just about, yeah, the revelation I got today, the revelation I got today was almost like a uh, revelation was like buying a new pair of shirt, a new pair of trainers. We didn't, you know, and people can get excited about those things, but they don't really, really understand. So your difficulty is not um, principles of Bible interpretation. It is your pursuit when you study the word. I can go into the scriptures, I can go into the word, and I can pursue something different. Does that make sense? I can pursue something different. I can go into the word, and I want to write poetry. And I would go into the book of Songs of Songs. My God, some of you are acting like you don't know that. Of course you know. You meditate on Songs of Songs. I go, oh, wow. <laughs> that was even in my room. <laughs> right? You read Songs of Songs. I, can, I could go find poetry in Songs of Solomon, basically, but it is the pursuit, right? I can go to the book of Ecclesiastes, I can go into the book of Proverbs and find core principles on wealth as a businessman, right? I can do that. I can pursue that in scriptures. Does that make sense? I can pursue that in scriptures. So the issue here is pursuit. And I love what John is doing here because this is like the, it's the perfect theology. We say that Jesus is perfect theology. Come on, I want you to type that so that you can, you can feel the anointing run through your hand. Jesus is perfect theology, right? Jesus is perfect theology. You have people who read the Bible, who study the Bible, but then they don't have they don't have god's present speakings and declarations right so your issue is not the tools to interpret it's 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 pointing you to jesus and that's why i'm bringing this up that jesus is the logic of god personified jesus is the living logic of god jesus is the wisdom of god personified and that's very, very important to know. So in other words, when we read John chapter 1, this is what John is saying. He's essentially saying that Jesus is life. Jesus is meaning. Jesus is context. Jesus is definition. Jesus is structure. I can go on and on. <laughs> right? The word of God is a person. Right. The word of God is a person. The word of God has personality. You have to understand that. Right. So that's why I say you study the Bible to know the word or you read the Bible to study the word, however you want to put it. But you're concerned. You're obsessed with the person of Christ. That is your focus. You're not puffed up. Revelation can puff up. Revelation can puff up. One of the reasons why Paul had to go through that challenge that he had 
One of the reasons why God had to help him humble himself was because of the abundance of the revelation. So revelation can puff up. Not the fault of the revelation, but the recipient of the revelation. Okay, so Jesus is meaning, Jesus is life, Jesus is definition, Jesus is context. So what my, my goal for studying the word is to know him and to access the life that is in him. Wow, First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. Okay, First John chapter 1. I want us to look at what this says. First John chapter 1 from verse 1. It says that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. I love it. Which we have looked upon. Now, notice it's the same John, the, John the beloved who is writing this. So it says that which, we, which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. So notice here, he's talking about the word. Someone say the word. Okay, he's talking about the word of life. He says, the life was made manifest, okay, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you that which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you that you may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, this is, this, is, this is powerful. This is powerful. The same guy, John the Beloved, he's saying here, he's describing Jesus. He says, that which we have seen, which we have looked upon, he says, which our hands have handled of the word of life. In other words, he's saying this word, he's the one who said, and the word became flesh. He's the same guy who said that. He said, we handled this word. He says there was a tangibility of this word. Right. The tangibility. That's why I love the theme, encounter to advance. Right. Encounter to advance. He, said, he says, this life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and we testify, and proclaim to you that it Eternal life, which was the fa with the Father. And then see what I love here. What I love is that in verse 3, it says, it says, that which we have seen, seeing, so on type seeing and hearing. It says, that which we have seen and heard, it says, we proclaim to you that you may, you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. In other words, this word of life, this, this thing is life. This, this word, it is, it, is, it is life. It says it has the, oh, I don't know if you, you can, um, okay, because I, I know, you know, sometimes people's spiritual backgrounds and all of that stuff. But this word, now watch this, receive this in the right spirit. This word has the capacity to initiate you. Oh, some people say, oh, initiate, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, to initiate you into a communion into fellowship, into a realm with God. No wonder Peter says, wow. <laughs> okay, we're here to teach, so I, I got to calm myself down. No wonder Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says that he has made us partakers of the divine nature through these promises. 
you escape the corruption that is in the world and you become partakers of the divine nature talking to people of like precious faith partakers of the divine nature there is not even rendered um, enough for us to understand what he's saying what he's saying there is that he has made us associates of the God kind let me explain what I mean by that associate of the God kind there has to do with for example you have now I want you to understand I'm not saying that we are God Almighty so we want to make sure that we establish that but then when in the in the in the next session I'll share with you something so Revers definitely <laughs> encourage me not to deep into my next session so uh, but I'll share with you you know the more uh, you know, the, I would say the more apostolic application of this, you know, in, in the next session I'll be doing with you guys later. But associates of the God kind there, it's like you have, you have like, uh, uh, you have mankind. Does that make sense? You have mankind. Then you have God kind. Right? Then you begin to understand when the Bible says we are sons of God. That's not just a title without structure. Right? There is actually a fellowship of the sons. <laughs> right? There is a, the Bible says the, the, the family by whom the whole, uh, the, the father, um, uh, Ephesians 3, for this cause I bow my knees to the father. It says the father by whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. It says this word, someone say this word. It has the ability to bring you into a place where you have fellowship. With the father you have fellowship with the father so when you before we I'm gonna give you your one two three four five step principles but I found that that's not the that's not the problem with the generation the problem with the generation is what did you come to see I love when Jesus asked them who that's not the, the problem is what did you come to see when when they when they came to him regarding uh, 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 John the Baptist right okay Jesus was like, what, what did you come to see? What were you expecting when you studied the word, when you engaged the word? What is it that you're expecting? Are you looking for, are you looking for, uh, uh, what's the word? Are you looking for a quick fix? Especially those of us who were brought up charismatic. We know the therapy of the word. <laughs> right? We know the therapy of the word. What did you come to see? The therapy of the word is... The therapy of the word is, is, is um, um, uh, treating the word of God on a medication level. Right? Treating the word of God so something is wrong with me, so I go for the word. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I'll, show you, I'll show you in the afternoon. I'll show you. I'll show you Ezekiel 37 and, and, and the dimensions. Right? The therapy of something's wrong with me. So what we do is then we, we open a random scripture and we're like, yes, I claim this. And sometimes that scripture that we're claiming may not even have accurate application to our situation. So is 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 the is the second is it the third session this 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 morning or so maybe I should be calmer. Right. Treating the word on a medication level. Something's wrong with me. And then, then, then you go for that. But you know, you don't live on medication. You live on a diet. Right? You live on food. The word of God is not just medication. Right? The word of God, when Jesus described the word, he said, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. 
but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is not just for healing. The word of God is for being. <laughs> right? The word of God is not just for healing. It's not just for fixing. It's for being. It, yes, the word, you definitely can have that. But the word, so it's, 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 it's this, what I'm setting for you, right? It's this, it's this template, this vision of your study of the word. Is this vision of your study of the word of God. So when people ask me, what tools do you use? What as much as I use tools, as much as I use materials, I pursue a person. And what the Holy Ghost does is that because I'm after the person, you know, someone can sit there. Man, you can, these guys were around Jesus in, 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 uh, in, in uh, Matthew 16. Jesus asked them, he said, who do men say that I am? These guys had been in, uh, in, in discipleship courses with Jesus, leadership courses with Jesus. I don't know at what point in history Jesus asked them, but it does show that they had been around him a little bit because we're in John, uh, sorry, we're in Ma Matthew 16, basically. So it does show that they've been around him. And then they were saying, oh, some say, you know, I like the way they were smart. You know, what Jesus says, who do people say I am? You know, and there's some say, some say, some say. You know, and then Peter opened his mouth and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, wow, Peter, well done. Flesh and blood had not revealed this to you. You can have all the concordance, all the Dakes, Bibles, uh, Persian translation, uh, Strong's, uh, uh, what else is out there now? You know, uh, uh, Bible Hub, Bible Gateway, Net Bible, and all of that stuff. If you don't have the right context, it's a problem. Someone say Logos. Someone say Logos, 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 Logos. Okay, so this Logos of God, this is the, this is the, the focus, the focus, the entire focus of the scriptures is Christ. Someone say Christ is Christ himself, right? All scriptures conclude in him. All scriptures consist in him. All scriptures. Let me show you something so 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 interesting. Some of you guys may may disagree. This thing is so powerful. John John tells us here. He says, um, um, if we go back to verse uh, verse. Sorry, I'm in First John. John chapter one now. So not First John. Let's go back to John chapter one. Okay. Because people 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 want people now want status. Most supreme Bibles Bibles. No, I was going to say Bible studier, but, you know, we can coin languages. Because if I say Bible student, it's humble. Bible studier. <laughs> John chapter 1, verse 3. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made. Without him was, sorry, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was, without him, not anything was made. <laughs> no, no. This is, I'm so used to King James. Let me just switch to my King James. This ESV is, is good for simple English, but I like my King James on this. My, well, I'm confusing my King James, you know, with my ESV. So please forgive me. Okay, all things were made by him. And without him, uh, without him, not anything was made that was made. What's, what's, what's happening? Am I on King James? All things were made by him. Amen. Just make it simple like that. Okay. Okay, and without him, nothing exists that wasn't made by him. Amen. So we get that. That's, that's, that's it. 
Okay, now he makes all things, right? John tells us the personality of the one, because when you study, you know, what, there has to be, when you, when you engage the scriptures, when you engage the graphe, the respect you pay to your time of study and the diligence that you have is connected to your reverence for the voice of the word, the personality of the word. Let me give you an example. If, I don't know, if, if, uh, if Pizza Hut, right, okay, well, healthy, okay, but let's, let's use that as an example. If Pizza Hut writes you a letter, right, Basically, you open it, you're just, oh, okay, it's just, it's just vouchers, and then you put it away. Hobby, know when you're a student, okay? But you throw it away. But then if you see a letter from, like, a, a government organization, like, with a seal on it, like, let's say, um, the seal of Her Majesty, right? There's a way by which you open, you pay, you, 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 you respect, there's a way you respect that letter differently. Because you know the authority behind the letter. Right? Knowing the authority behind the scriptures makes you study the word of God differently. This is what John is showing us here. The authority called the word. And he tells us that all things were made by him for a long time. I was of, I was of the opinion, maybe with my... Um, background that you know that in in john john uh, sorry not john in genesis chapter one the person that was speaking was the father but then as i studied more and more i realized that it was the father who wielded it but it was the son who spoke and the holy spirit brought it into being because all things were made by him the word some of you guys may disagree, but that's okay, right? But then when I go to Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 1, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1 to, to help you understand that a little bit more. I'm just opening your heart. I'm, I'm opening your heart, stirring a, a desire, a new desire for you to, to really engage the word. Hebrews chapter 1. It says that God who at sundry times and in different manners spoke in times past, unto the fathers by the prophets in has in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things by whom he also made the worlds now jesus is not an instrument when the father says when the, when the word says that you know the father or god made the worlds by jesus jesus is not an instrument where the father used no 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 that's not the thing here right Jesus is the one speaking. It's through him that the word is created. So when I read this word, this is the word that framed the world. Okay, we've done enough of that. I hope I've been able to stir your, your hunger. So knowing this then, knowing this then, the important thing is that I, I put Christ at the center of my, my study and that in pursuing him, I focus essentially on things that have to do with Christ. Okay, so moving on. So I'm just going to bring up, I have like, you know, so many notes here. So I'm really seeing how to, you know, 
how to navigate from it. Okay, so second second Timothy two fifteen. Second Timothy two fifteen. This is the slide that says doctrine. Second Timothy two fifteen. I'm just gonna read that. Okay. He says now study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, skillfully, rightly handling, and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved and do your utmost best, utmost to present yourself to God approved. Okay, study and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God approved. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. This is very important. Why is this important? Because the Bible um, is, is, is a book that's interesting. Number one, it's written, it's a compilation of the writings of so many authors over a period of time, okay, um, over a period of dispensations and years and time frames, and then written over several cultures in connection to several cultures, written um, in, in different languages to the language that we mostly speak, basically. So I'm looking at this thinking, if Paul at that time was telling Timothy to be careful, to make sure that he studies carefully to correctly analyze and accurately divide the word of truth, how much more is it important for us today who have received the Bible through, yes, the Holy Spirit, of course, leads us into all truth, Okay, and in line with that, the Holy Spirit gives us tools for us to come into truth, right? But if Paul in those times was able to tell Timothy that, then it becomes even so much more imperative for us to pay clear attention to this. So the issue then is of, is of doctrine, okay? The, one of the major issues of studying the Bible is not again just having a I need something from the Bible approach but it's making sure that I desire sound doctrine someone say sound doctrine okay is that I desire sound doctrine okay and sound doctrine is making sure that I have the principles of faith laid in my heart accurately from line upon line and from precept upon precept the reason why sometimes believers fall prey to deception is because of a lack of foundation and progression in the understanding of the doctrine of Christ. We have made, to make ourselves comfortable, we have called doctrine the different teachings of the church, but that is not right. So for example, we get joyful and say in our church, our doctrine is, no, doctrine is not optional. <laughs> Right. Doctrine is not optional. If there was anything that the early church fought more than anything, if there was anything that the leaders of the early church fought more than anything, 
right? It was the issue of false doctrine. There isn't, there isn't church doctrine, <laughs> right? There could be church culture, right? There isn't church doctrine. Doctrine is, is, is either true or it's false. So I'll type true doctrine or false doctrine. So there isn't my church doctrine. No, doctrine is not optional. Basically, it's not optional, right? Because doctrine, uh, um, it comes from, uh, uh, from, from, um, from this, this word, uh, didache or didasco. It means to, to teach. It means established teaching or, or summarized body of respected, respected teaching, viewed as reliable and time-honored. Right, it deals with the principles of faith. Principles are principles, principles are not optional. <laughs> right, principles are principles, preferences are optional, principles are not. Right, so there are things people may prefer, but there are things, and the strength my god, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself together because you know this is not the afternoon, and the strength of denomination. Is, is the division of doctrine, <laughs> right? The, the strength of de denominationalism, hopefully I got that right, is, is, is rooted in doctrine, right? So doctrine deals with, it, it, is, it is the held truth or position. It's a system of teachings. So what I found then is that, um, Thank God for many people that have been brought to salvation and, and many of the churches that are doing great works because we're not here to say that, you know, some of us who are speaking now have mastered everything. No, we have a lot of growing to do. But what I've observed, this is just my observation, is that sometimes believers are not well brought up in doctrine. Right? So as much as I am for the, um, you know, the, the, I, the, the inspired message, the inspired message is, for example, I, I come now, and we, we love it. You know, Rev, Rev loves it. Rev loves it. Whenever she, she comes, I don't, I don't give Rev subjects and, and titles and all of that stuff. I don't, I don't, I hardly, if I give her, it's just at a very minimal level. Because she's, you know, she's powerful. She ministers in that way. I love ministering in that way. And as much as I am for that, people need to understand that the context that allows us to minister in that way is not pursuing just random inspiration at the time. It is the structure of Christ that has been established in us. Right? It is the structure of Christ. that is. So, when you say to me that you want to grow in your study of the Bible, the first thing I try to find out is where are you in your faith? Are we together? Right? It's where are you in your faith because what may be applicable at this stage to one, to, to one person may not be applicable to you. In the word, there are, there are different levels. There is the milk of the word. Right? There is the milk of the word. Then there is the meat of the word. The Bible says milk belongs to those who are babes. Right? There is the milk of the word. There is the meat of the word. There is the mystery of the word. Right? The milk of the word, the meat of the word, the mystery of the word. So when you want to grow in study, one of the things you have to find out, if I want to grow, because the, the growth 
in your Bible study has it has an objective Romans chapter 8 to be conformed to the image of his son Jesus Christ that is the objective so this this when you stop treating the word as medication exclusively you want to start growing with the word right you want to start growing with the word right okay so this word now is developing something in you so if I have a child who um, who is hungry Basically, I have a baby who is hungry. I just don't take and say, food is food. Let me just feed the child. Let me just feed the baby food. No, I have to first understand and identify what, you know, is this a baby? Is this a three-month-old baby? Is this a four-month-old baby? And then that baby has their diet. So it is spiritually. Right, so it is spiritually. And this is why... In, in, it's powerful what's happening across the body of Christ because God is actively, actively pushing people back to discipleship because people are getting words and words and words and words, but they're not seeing the fulfillment. And so what happens is when the word is not dynamic in your heart, it's a matter of time before you open the Bible and there is no, there's no spark. <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of time. If you're just hearing, 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 there's going to get to a point. You're going to open the Bible. There's no spot because you and the word, you don't have a relationship. <laughs> because you and the word, you don't have a relationship. Basically, in ministry, I learned that it's not all revelation that I teach. I'm telling you, it's not all revelation that's applicable. I may know something that God is, but I have to understand God, where, where, where are the people? Where are we? So when we are looking at, how to grow in the principles of Christ, we have to identify um, um, where it is that we, we are. And that will move me on to um, something uh, I, I, I would look at, you know, um, uh, foundational doctrines, basically. So if you want to start studying the Word of God and you, you have challenges with studying the Word, okay, one of the best places to, to start is to study the foundational doctrines of Christ. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I hope this is this is helping you so far. Okay, I hope this is helping you so far. I don't know how long I have. Please let me know. <laughs> okay, I hope this is helping you so far. Um, God bless whoever is um, helping me with the, with the slides. Thank you for your patience. I know I'm skipping and moving around and all that stuff. Yeah, sorry. Let me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. He says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, right? And of faith towards God, and of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment, right? The author of Hebrews, some of you will say, it's Paul, well, I'm not really so bothered. I'm just glad book of Hebrews is in the Bible, <laughs> right? Now, the author of Hebrews tells us, he says he's encouraging them to move on to maturity, but God is so good that in his providence, he allows us to see what the elementary doctrines of Christ are, okay? These elementary doctrines of Christ are the foundational doctrines of Christ, and they have to do with, with um, repentance from dead works, faith 
towards God, the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Now, what I've found is many times people are very lofty in Greek, lofty in Hebrew, <laughs> right? But not, not studious about the elementary, the foundational principles of Christ is the reason why for a long time we've had to keep calling believers to repentance to repentance, to repentance, to repentance. Because sometimes people don't even under, understand what they repented um, from. <laughs> they don't understand if I was to deal with it basically. So I'm giving you kind of like the, the, the layouts, okay? Yes, study if you have an issue in your life, da, 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 how to overcome depression, all of those things. Yes, study the Bible in that regard. But I tell you, the truth is, if you follow... Jesus' plan and Jesus' understanding, um, sorry, Jesus' plan and Jesus' blueprint for our growth, you will find out that a lot of the things that we deal with, they are symptomatic of the level of our spirituality. Right? They're symptomatic. So this, this, basic, this basic thing, okay, so we start with this. So you're learning to study the Bible, okay, and you start with the foundations of scripture. You make, why is foundation important? The Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So foundation is necessary. I, keep, I, I tell this story a lot. Um, um, my, my dad's house in Nigeria, basically, um, you know, good house, good size, and all of that. Thank God for it. But then... Um, after he built it a few years later, what happened was we started seeing some cracks appear around the house. And so what he did then was he got some people to break up the cracks, fill it in, and then we'll paint it over. And then not, after, not too long after that, the cracks will appear again. Okay. So eventually when they looked at it properly, the consensus was just like, look, this area is a bit swampy. The foundation that they built from the scratch was not, um, you know, was not good enough for, you know, the house that was built there. So even at one point, what they had to do was, 10 minutes, okay. Even at one point, what they had to do then was to break open some parts and try to work on the foundation again, right? But the problem was the foundation that was, that was laid. Paul says that... As a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. Let every man take heed how he builds on it, right? Sometimes believers lack foundation, and because they lack foundation, they have problems and things like that. So these foundational doctrines are important. This is a good place to start. You want to focus on repentance. What is repentance? You might think that, oh, maybe, you know, I've kind of left this subject and all of that stuff, but your, your proof of your maturity in the word is not is not is not that you've read it's that you produce the character of it does that make sense i don't know that i have developed a certain level of maturity in god just because i've read and under, i've read and consumed all the materials on that no it is when i begin to produce the fruit 
right, is when I move into the understanding of it, it is when I begin to produce the fruit that I know that definitely in this I have developed. So repentance from, from, from dead works, repentance, you can look at it in this way, it's, it's returning. And, and there is so much, so much I could even begin to talk about. And maybe ten, uh, tonight, I'm so used to night conferences. This afternoon, though, not tonight, though, but I'm sure there's a, is there a night session. Okay, but this afternoon, I'll talk more about that, basically. But repentance, okay, returning. You understand repentance right from Adam. Why are we repenting in the first place? You're not just repenting because of the things you're doing. You're repenting. Because there was a long age issue. From, you're repenting from the nature of sin. You're repenting. Does that make sense? Okay, repenting means you're returning. Two words, re and pent. Pent is the top part of the, of, you can use, look at the word penthouse. The top part of a, of a hotel, basically. So when you're repenting, you're returning to the highways of God. Repentance means I, I, I repent from and I turn to. I come out of Egypt and I, and I go into Canaan. Does that make sense? Okay, repentance from dead works. Dead works, faith towards God. Faith towards God. Here we begin to deal with things like new creation realities. Right? I focus on that. A lot of believers may lack in this area. I, I said may because I don't know every believer. But it is my opinion that many believers lack in this area. New creation, creation realities. Okay? You know, um, repentance from dead works, but faith towards God, right? Faith towards God. What is faith towards God? What does this faith do? People say, um, God gave me faith. God gave me faith. But we begin to realize that faith is imparted in the gospel. Faith is imparted in the gospel. To every man is given the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12. Then I don't begin to look for faith because the gospel doesn't demand faith. It supplies faith. But we, we need faith to walk with God. I want you to understand that. So please don't mix that up. What I'm trying to say is that the gospel supplies faith. So faith towards God. What does this faith towards God, what does it, what does it do? What, what, is, what is the justification that comes as a result of that faith now? Right? Who am I now in this? Right. Who am I now in this as a result of this? Positionally speaking, I have to understand why I am positionally before I manifest experientially. Right. So I go after this. But if, if all I'm looking for is moments as opposed to a lifestyle in the word. Right. If all I'm looking for is moments, sometimes we want to leave off moments. Pick a scripture, open it. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like what's it called now? It's like a game of, not chess, but what's the word I'm looking for now? You know, it's, it's like just a lucky game. If I open this scripture, then I, no, you can't. you got to move beyond that. You want to sustain a body of truth in Christ. Christ, then with that body of truth, you develop Christ consciousness. The word now becomes living and operative and active in you. Right? Faith towards God. Of the doctrine of baptisms. Of the doctrine. Many of us were baptized, which is wonderful. But we may not understand the mystery of baptism. I'll just give you a little bit because they said my time is almost up. The doctrine, doctrine of baptisms, right? One of them is, for example, you know, uh, the Bible talks about two baptisms. You can use two concepts of baptisms in, in, the, in the Old Testament. For example, the Red Sea, coming, across, coming um, Israel crossing the Red Sea was, was a baptism. It was their immersion into their next level in God and their cutting off from Egypt. 
See, you might have been baptized but not understood the mystery and not formed the, the depth of it. Right? Coming out, crossing the, um, crossing the Red Sea was, was a baptism. Right? And the Bible says they were baptized into the cloud. Which is symbolic of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you develop in those areas. We can talk about other things, but these things are key. And of the laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgments. These are things you form at the core of your faith and at the core of your study. So when you're established in these things, what it becomes easier to build up from there. The issue is, as I get ready to close, foundationally, the thinking of, let me not say many believers like I know everybody, but foundationally, the thinking of some believers is wrong. So because their, 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 their thinking is wrong, they cannot progress. They cannot progress in God, in the understanding of God. There comes a point that if you don't understand the foundational stuff that Jesus has done, literally, when you see the higher things in the word, you won't be able to take them. You won't be able to absorb them. So these are things that 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 you can do so of course i've i've sent some some notes um that are here on the principles principles of bible interpretation which we didn't get into but i thought this direction was more necessary because then you begin to learn things like when you're studying the bible you study it in its or it's in its context basically i've seen people make that great error one of those classic errors is romans chapter 7 when paul begins to say um, um, I see two, law, two, laws working, work, two laws working in my members. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things, um, the things, sorry, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. And then some people now take that as a standard for their Christianity. But it's because they haven't read the scripture in context. Paul is not setting that as a standard. What he's doing there is narrating a story. He's saying, this is the struggle outside of Christ. Who shall deliver me from this body? He says, thank God for Jesus. And then it now goes in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So I read the scripture in context. But if all I'm doing is just looking for uh, a sprinkle of Jesus. Uh-oh. Right. Then we go to stuff like, um, 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 you know, the, the grammatical principle. And that's what a lot of people love nowadays. Okay. Yeah, I think it's time, right? It's time for me. Okay. But then we go to stuff like the grammatical principle. Okay, there are some words that if I read them, looked at Logos today, they look immediately blind to me. I don't understand that. So what do I do? I go for extra resources. That's not very difficult nowadays. Don't let anybody fool you. You literally go on Bible Hub, type in Strong's Concordance, look for the word it translates it from Hebrew to Greek for you, for you to understand that. So there's the grammatical principle, the historical background principle. There are some scriptures that are very difficult to understand. If I don't get the history behind sometimes the city, the place, or the people that are in that story, I may not be able to relate as, as, as much. So those are some simple principles that you can use. Of course, there are many others. Basically, let scripture interpret scripture. Principle, the first thing you want to do is when you see a scripture, you go find out, is there any other scripture that gives witness to this scripture? Okay, those are some of the principles, but just for our honor of time, I will stop here. And then, of course, I trust that Rev would um, and the team would send everyone the, um, the resources. Okay.
God bless. So, awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much, Apostle PJ. Thank you so much for giving us that word. I believe everybody was blessed. Um, I really enjoyed it. I loved how you focused on Christ. Um, and there was one thing that you said that really stood out to me. You said, you, don't, you do not live on medication. You live on a diet. And I just, that really resonated with me because I feel like a lot of the time people go to the, to the scriptures to try and solve their problems and their issues. So, for example, yeah. if they're having issues in their finances, they, they, they go to solve their problems rather than go in to seek Christ. So I love yeah. that. I, I thought it was really powerful. So thank you for sharing. I'm really Thanks, excited for your session um, later on in the afternoon. I know it's going to be powerful. Amen. Um, grace. But I just wanted to ask you just to share some stuff about edific Edification Network, how okay. people can connect with you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Dorothea. Um, yeah, so Network Edification, um, we are on um, social media, basically on Instagram, net we, we're literally Network Edification, on Facebook, literally Network Edification. Um, I am on, I am on, I'm on all the social media platforms, but I'm active on Instagram. <laughs> Basically, I, ca I can't take too much of it, so I'm active on Instagram. And we we have um, a number of things that can help you grow. Um, you know, uh, aside from what we do with our local churches um, in 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 London and in Leicester, and also covering the Kent area, um, we have a number of things that we do. We run a uh you know a ministerial training uh course basically we have discipleship initiatives um we're, we're developing stuff for people in the marketplace so if you connect so literally um if you follow me on instagram i'll do my best to respond or admin at networkedification.org admin at networkedification.org and you can connect with us um, we have network edification conference coming up it's going to be streamed um online so this is even a good a good um experience for us already <laughs> so these are some of the things that we have coming up yeah could you tell us when the conference is and how people can find out more about it yeah sure so it's the 23rd to the 25th of october basically and very soon if you go on neconference.co neconference.co the conference yeah the conference information will be there um in a few weeks basically you'll be able to register so that'll be live and active in a few weeks very good so guys save those dates you said that's the 23rd to the 25th of october of october yeah oh, so guys put those dates in your diary you see him minister today and you see how the depth that he has in the word and his relationship with god so i'm really expecting that it's going to be a powerful conference um apostle dj could you please just pray over the people release a word over them um, yes yes thank you thank you i'm gonna pray um ephesians chapter one uh from verses 17 to 18 i'm just gonna read that to you because i know that our time is fast spent and i want to honor that but please Take note of this and pray in your time. It's the great apostolic prayer of Paul. He says um, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in his knowledge, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may come to know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance um, um, in the saints is. And that's what I pray over you, an increase 
of the operation and the manifestation of the spirit of God in, in, in the spirit of wisdom and revelation that your heart will be flooded with light so that as you engage the word, you begin to see the mysteries and as you continue to behold the glory of God as in a mirror, which is the word, you'll be transformed into the same image. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. 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 Um, so guys, just a few announcements. We are going to close for... Where are we? I'm really Hello. sorry. There was a really good question that I wanted you to answer and I couldn't get okay. any of your attention. So I had to okay. call um, so That's I'm going okay. to now let you guys see the yeah. Ah, excellent. When looking at the call, okay, where do you start? Okay, so when looking at the core foundational doctrines, where would you start in the Bible, e.g. repentance from dead works? What books of the Bible would you recommend? Um, same with others too. Okay, so I would say when you're looking at, at, at foundational doctrines, I think you start. You can look at books uh, like Romans, basically, because it deals a lot with grace. Um, I would say uh, Romans is a good one. Galatians is a good one as well, basically, because it deals with law versus grace. It lets you know um, the things that Jesus has done for you and where that positions you so i would say romans galatians i would say a lot of the the writings of the of the early apostles literally were targeted at helping people develop this foundation so i'll say romans and 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 um romans and galatians basically but also from a theological viewpoint when you're looking at the foundational um doctrines there is a branch of of um of theology basically um, known as soteriology okay it's known as soteriology so it's spelled s-o-t-e-r-i-o-l-o-g-y okay and it's the study of salvation right is the study of salvation so please you can literally and this is another thing we would have looked at the branches of systematic theology because it allows us to categorize and study the the scripture in subjects okay so please you look at you look soteriology if you're looking at the study of sin okay you look at um hermetiology okay hermetiology and that's spelled h a oh thank you very much yeah this is this is excellent so these are some of the you can literally <laughs> take a picture of that literally so you look at you look at hermetiology um also then you look at christology the study of christ now what i would say is that there is a lot there are a lot of resources um online as you know um and if you're in doubt about you could literally you could literally type in christology as a subject on google and it will bring out a number of materials now of course if you're in doubt as to the credibility of the material then please make sure that you speak to your spiritual oversight to be able to guide you but the essence of the branches of systematic theology which i didn't get to talk about is that what it does is that it allows you to look at the bible in categories and in subjects these subjects are they run through scripture so an example of christology is what we looked at in john chapter one that was a little bit about christology now if i wanted to cross reference that john wrote on christology in john chapter one but then paul also 
would have written on Christology, for example, in Colossians chapter 1, it talks about the supremacy of Christ. That would be a branch of, of, of the study of God's word that deals with, with, with Christology, which is the study of Christ. So these are some of the ways that you can navigate that. I hope I've answered your question. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had another question yeah. that came through, which I think follows quite nicely with that. And it says, how do you know when you have the right foundation of the word? So how do you know when you built your foundation correctly? Okay. So, so the, 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 the power of, of that is that you're, you, you're, you're established in your faith, not just as a feeling, but as a knowing. Does that make sense? It's the establishment of, it's, the, it's that experience. So, for example, when I sit on a chair, I don't doubt whether that chair is going to hold me. There's a security that comes with that. And it's that security and assurance in God. Now, if I want to see, though, what are the symptoms, for example, of, of spiritual immaturity, I can read, for example, First uh, uh, Corinthians 2. Yeah, First Corinthians, no, First Corinthians 3, where Paul begins to talk about, um, you are yet carnal because you have strife and envy amongst you and things like that. But the general principle here is that security that you sense in God when you are established and you have foundations. For example, how do you know the foundation of your house is secure? When the wind blows, it doesn't shake. It doesn't move, move about. And in challenges, in transitions, in journey, you begin to know how much security you have in your foundation in God. Jesus says, if any man, if anyone hears my word and does it, he's like one who built his house on a, found, on, on a rock for foundation. And when the winds, not if, he said when, when the winds came and blew, uh, it didn't shake it. Thank you. Um, okay. And then I think we have one more question. It says, okay. what would you recommend to study first for someone who hasn't studied the word consistently? Okay. So what I would then recommend is I would recommend that you study on the love of God, basically. Um, um, you start with the basics of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I recommend that you study 1 John because 1 John especially is written to people at different levels and it itemizes the kind of challenges they may deal with at different levels. Does that make sense? I write to you little children. I write to you fathers. I write to you young men speaking about different categories of faith. First John lets us know about love. Okay, so I would say you study on the love of God. John, John chapter 3, 16 is the obvious one, but First John is another one that could help you on, on the love of God. So materials on how much God loves you. Um, Ephesians 3, 19 says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes not, so you can be filled with all the fullness of God. So you need to know God's pursuit for him so that your pursuit can be inspired by his pursuit for you. 